Here we are on a family Sunday. I'm going to take a moment and get my stand. Things may fall off of it because I steal other people's stands. I'm super formal if this is your first time here. Uh, I wanted to start out by making a statement. A strong home will make a strong church. A strong church can make a strong home. I say that because when we are together in this way, these kids are your kids as well. I grew up in a church where we had two swinging doors in the back and a middle aisle. And as a child, if you went out to get a drink or use the restroom, the timer started. And any number of adults would be happy to usher you back into God's presence if you got down there and started messing around. That's the kind of church I grew up in, and that's the kind of church I'm hoping for kids. So today, we're going to talk about the home. When I was young, have you ever gone to Cedar Point? Cedar Point, incredible. But when I was a kid, there was one thing that amazed me, and it was the blacksmith. And you remember the blacksmith, the buildings that are falling down with the moss on top that no one likes? I like the blacksmith. And when you would go in and you would see the blacksmith, you would see this huge guy, arms as big as my waist, and he would be stoking the fire. He would be pounding on something that was red hot. He would be forming it into something. Well, that's how the home is. See, the home is an anvil. And he would have this anvil and he'd place something on it. He'd just keep hammering. The home is a place where opinions, where commitment to Jesus where love for others, all of these things are going to be hammered out in the home. And as important as I say church is, because it is important, what happens in the home determines so much of what happens here when we get together. Here's the thing. With the blacksmith, it was much easier for him to... It was much easier for him to work on things when they were red hot. You may have kids that are passionate. I have a child. I won't say which one because I don't want to embarrass them. That child can sing in the shower. You can, you can guess which one. Passionate about singing. I mean, just getting in there, using all the hot water in the whole neighborhood and singing all day long. We as parents need to shape that when it's red hot. Because I'll tell you what, when the blacksmith was done, you couldn't much undo what had been done. And so if we begin in a godly way to shape our kids, if we begin to shape our family, then no matter who tries to pull it apart, they aren't going to have an easy time. But the thing with the blacksmith was this. That guy would sweat. That guy would sweat. That guy, I'm sure, went home at the end of the day just sore from the work. Sometimes it's hard work to build a good home, but I know that you can do it. There was a much more simple time. You know the time, the time when you would go and you would be out with your friends and you better be home by dinner time and you better, better be home when the street lights come on. In a short time, though, you think about this. In the last 20 years, how many people 20 years ago had a cell phone? That was like a major, like my business got it for me kind of thing. Now, how many of you don't have a cell phone? And probably the latest iPhone, most of you. With that, 
every single thing has changed. Your kids live in a world where it's about Insta and Snap and TikTok, and you may not even know what that is. You better if your kids are on it, but this is a world that is shaped by things we don't even understand. I don't even know how to work the remote for my direct TV. And these kids are in this world where everything has gone about. The other day, I take my children to the pediatrician, and there is a box, and it says, check gender assigned at birth. We live in a world where things are much different. Dr. James Dobson made this statement. We must make the salvation of our children our number one priority. Nothing else is more important. I'm going to tell you guys a story, and this is about Joshua. Joshua was a leader in the Bible who followed up Moses in leading God's people. And when Joshua was getting old, Joshua brings all the people together, and he shares something. It's a very famous verse that is Hobby Lobby Gold that is, but as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. But that chapter, that verse is right in the middle. And leading up to that, Joshua tells the people, we need to remember what God did. Then that verse rolls out, and then he challenges the people to be faithful to God. And right there in the middle of that verse, but as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. My challenge to you is to remember God's blessings as a family. As a family. What does that look like? It looks this way. It looks like you're driving in your car and you say to your kids, hey, do you remember when? Do you remember when you were sick and we prayed for you that time and you started feeling better? Do you remember when dad, his job laid him off and somebody in church came up and shook his hand and passed off a $20 bill and said, take your kids and get ice cream? Do you remember when we prayed for grandma to become a Christian and she didn't right away, but eventually she came to know the Lord? Do you remember? Because I think that we need to keep it in front of our kids' faces. Because it's easy when everything goes well sometimes, but when the rain falls, are we keeping it in front of their face as well? Joshua said to the people, you came over the river, you came to Jericho, and the leaders of Jericho, they fought against you. And he reminds the people of this. I gave them into your hand. They didn't have to fight. And then he said something else. He said, I sent hornets. That Brooklyn, if you know that one right there, he sent hornets to drive the people out. She probably didn't like me saying that word. It wasn't by your sword or by your bow. I gave you a land that you didn't labor to have. I gave you cities that you didn't build. I gave you vineyards and orchards that you didn't plant. We owe everything to God, and we need to remind our kids that we owe everything to God. When good things happen, give God the glory, whether it's big or whether it's small. If we begin to worship and to share victories together, our kids are going to see that. A child, if you've ever played the memory game, are any of you any good at the memory game? I'm terrible. You'd probably beat me really badly, Lily. A kid never forgets where things are. You can flip a card and the kid will remember. I'll take my turn and I'll pick the wrong one. The kid will take their turn and pick up 17. Kids don't forget. If you keep 
God's word before them. And not just the scripture, how I said, printed on the toilet paper holder from Hobby Lobby, but the living word of God that you're speaking, that you're showing them, then it's going to influence them. I'm going to make a statement that I'm going to close with. The best way to influence your kids to serve Jesus Christ is for you to serve Jesus Christ. You can substitute other words in there. The best way for your kids to patronize Jesus Christ is for you to patronize Jesus Christ. If you want to see them chase Jesus, then chase Jesus. And I guarantee when they grow up, they're going to remember what was real. Joshua goes on to talk about this. He says, now fear the Lord. Now, when I was your age and I heard the word fear, you know what I thought? Act scared, look scared. What it means is respect God so much that you don't worry about getting caught, but that your heart starts to look like his. And the things that you do will flow from that. It goes beyond church attendance. It's the kind of thing that what we want to see, we need to model, and we need to model consistently. And I'm about to zero in here on something. We have a statement for our church which did not age well, which I'll tell it to you there. Culture is caught, not taught. Okay, so before 2020, that was an awesome, awesome thing. But when you're talking about catching things, you're like, yeah, we need to get that out of the book right now. But in a family, when you are close to a group of people, as you will be in your home, what goes on there is going to affect everyone. Now, here it is. Men, you bear a heavy responsibility. I'm going to tell you something. I grew up in a church of very good men. But here's the thing. The majority of my Sunday school classes were taught by women. The majority of my prayer meetings were led by women. The majority of my children's church was led by women. There is a God-designed plan that says, man, you need to step up. The mantle has been placed on you. If the church is to be strong, then we need you to step up. You can't forfeit your God-assigned role. God never intended the ladies in this house to bear it all alone. God meant for spiritual leadership to set a standard so that the family could operate in the blessings that God had in store your kids are looking to you right now dads and what you say is important they take as gospel what you more importantly live as a priority they will take as gospel joshua goes on to say now fear the lord and serve him with all faithfulness throw away the gods that your ancestors worshiped question for all of you if i threw something in the garbage would it be weird for me to chase down the garbage truck to take it out again? But there are a lot of things that we tend to say that we're getting rid of and then we chase down the garbage truck. There's a lot of things in our home that we make this declaration with our lips and not our hearts sometimes and then we chase down the garbage truck. And as nasty as that may seem, that is the picture. Joshua says, in all faithfulness, meaning not sporadic, 
I'm going to tell you something. If the world worships it, then God's people shouldn't worship it. It was true for a golden calf, and it's true now. He says, get rid of those things that were beyond the river. God's taken you places. You're in a place where people love you, where people support you. That when I see you, my heart's happy. And that's how so many people love you here. And it's my hope that I can do right by you. It's my hope that what you see up here is what I am 24-7. Because that's what's important. And for all of us, it's the same thing. Your role as a man, whether you have children or not, is to take that mantle in this church. You must make a choice. There are kids that I know that live in my house. (laughs) They're going to love this PK thing. And we would go to a store. We would say, pick out one thing. And if you have kids, you know how this goes. And they'll have something in this hand, something, they know what they're doing. And they'll be like, I just can't decide. You know why they can't decide? Grandma Jojo is why they can't decide. I'll just go straight up right there, right? So when we say one thing, when we say one thing, we mean one thing. Grandma Jojo, translation, one means two, or whatever you want. Spiritually, we can't be like that. You gotta make a choice. You've gotta choose one thing. Joshua said, if it's evil in your sight to serve the Lord, choose this day whom you will serve, whether the gods your father served or the gods of the Amorites in this land that you dwell. So you can look around, and this is a truth. Sometimes as parents, we can drop the ball. We can drop it, fumble. Here's a test as a parent. And I'm asking it, and I'm seeing it right in front of these kids. You may get mad at me. What if your child said to you, Mom, why did we choose this over church? Man, can't even hear the crickets anymore. What if they said... Dad, why do we just complain about people and not pray for them? Who wrote this stuff? What if they said to you, Dad, why don't you ever pray over dinner? Why don't we ever talk about God? What would your reaction be? Would it be one of, well, you don't know because I said so? Or would it be one where God checks you and you say, what I am doing matters. These lives need to be guided. And when it talks about these other gods, when it says God's on the other side of the flood, I can tell you something. You know how people have different churches? Check this out. Show me this picture up here. This is for real. 2005. A religion began. It's called Pastafarians. Pastafarians are fighting for the right for them to wear a colander on their head when they get their driver's license picture taken. They believe in the flying spaghetti monster. It's for real. 
is there anything wrong with wearing a spaghetti strainer on your head? No? But here's the weird thing. That religion was set up by an atheist pretty much to make mock of fundamentals. The basis is don't take yourself too seriously is what they say. But at the end of the day, they're saying if you can believe that a man could walk on water, if you believe someone could split the sea, if you believe that Jesus Christ was born of the Virgin Mary, then how can this not be a religion? That's what they say. So I say it to you because the gods they were talking about, you know what the gods that people were serving were about? There was a sun god. There was a moon god. There was some Egyptian gods. There was God for rain. There was God for good crops. There was God for pleasure, just having fun. Do any of those things sound bad? Not really. But it's what people began to do in the name of that God that was really bad. Putting their real God aside for all of those things. That's why, as parents, what we form in the home, our kids are looking at. Oh, you may not go out and get a chainsaw and carve a bale idol to put in your living room because that's kind of outdated. But how many things do we worship that our kids are seeing? On the surface, it may seem like no big deal. But is it a big deal? Make your choice. Make your choice. Don't choose temporary things when God says the eternal is right before you. Because you can't worship the living God and things. Whether you're 7 or 67, you need to choose. Moms and dads, you're not just choosing for you. You're choosing for your home. I pray for a time when there are no church widows. And by that, I mean when fathers lead the charge. When fathers are the ones who get up and let me just embellish this a little and make breakfast for their loving wife before church and then are the ones in the car saying, let's go to church. (laughs) I'm going to leave out the back door soon. Choose daily to serve the Lord. But as for me and my house, we'll serve the Lord. So if Ella wants to know what we're doing, my house is serving the Lord, Ella. That's what we're doing. That's my plan, and that's what we're going to do. And if I don't do it right, I need to be a big enough man when you ask me about it to be like, you got me. That, that's tough. That's tough talk. But here's the truth. I can't choose for you and you can't choose for me. No one could choose for Joshua. You had leaders in the Old Testament and it would say, and they did it as their fathers did and they followed the ways of God or they did as their fathers did and they were terrible. There was nothing that said Joshua had to act a certain way. There were rules. But at the end of the day, Joshua could have led as a good or a bad leader. In homes, Each house had to make their own decision. And that's what he was saying. As for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. As for me and my house, there's times that I will walk around here and I'll just say it. And Kim will come in probably and be like, he's talking himself again. Because I pray with my eyes open in here. She's like, okay. As for me and my house, as for me and this house, as for me putting the challenge out to each individual house, are you going to serve the Lord? Are you going to put him first in all things? Because they say that an apple doesn't fall far from the tree. I want to make sure that the tree is healthy. Again, what if your children ask you those questions? Why do we only give thanks at Thanksgiving while Uncle Joe snores on the couch? 
and the men yell about football. Why do we only do it then? I don't know, kid, you got me, and we need to do better. And here's a statement. If you choose the God, then you serve the God. Whatever it is, at some point, you'll serve it. I said, we live in a time of political upheaval where people at a moment's notice will almost go fisticuffs for a politician that doesn't even know their name. But there is a savior that knows your name and if we aren't half as passionate about him when it comes to that, then there's something wrong. And the way we do it is not to see how angry we can present ourselves to the world for Jesus Christ. He did not say, it is by your passive aggressive anger that you will know you know, that the world's going to know you're my disciples. He never said that. It's your love. It's your love. Lead with that. I'm going to be wrapping this up here. Make the statement that I'm in charge of my home. Make that statement and live by that statement. Live by it consistently. Let the you that you are with your friends be the you in front of your children. There was a statement that said, be the person that your dog thinks you are. Be the person that your children really think you are. Don't confuse them because the language in church does not match the language outside of church. Don't confuse them because we only act godly in church rather than outside. He says, as for me, as for me, it's a personal decision. Dads, make that Joshua declaration today. I think of this on closing. I stand right here and I do weddings because they let me do that. And a guy and a girl when they want to get married, we'll stand right here. And I have to wear a suit. And when I do, I make a statement at the end. You know what I say? I say, by the power vested in me, I pronounce you man and wife. And then there's a little certificate that I sign and it makes it all official. And then they're really husband and wife. As a child of God, there is power that is vested in you. As an adult in this church, there is power that is vested. There is an expectation that you will do according to God's will with that power that's vested. In the home that God blessed you with, there is an expectation that it would be a place of peace and a hospital just as much as this church is. And these, our most precious gifts, are watching. If you want them to chase Jesus, chase Jesus. We're going to pray. I love seeing this. This crew, awesome job today. And I'm not just saying that. That wasn't like, that was such a cute thing. No, it was for real. It was for real. And I think that if you felt what I was feeling down here, keep that up. If you'll stand.
this off back to Dania. Before I do, take this challenge just like Joshua gave the people. There are no givens when it comes to the way that a child will be shaped. There is no happenstance when it comes to just let's hope for the best. You do the best. Sister Henderson passed away two years ago yesterday, and one of the things she always said, do it with excellence or don't do it at all. It's stuck. It is stuck. I'm going to say a short prayer, and then Dania is going to come up, and we're going to have prayer over our students. If you bow your heads. Father, right now in this house, let us remember the charge that has been given and let us understand that there is no wasted moment when we pour it all out before you. I pray that the anointing that was on these worshipers, that is upon these children, would be something that would flow uphill toward us so that we would understand when we approach you like a child that all things are possible. God, I pray a hedge of protection around them. And Lord, I pray your blessing upon this church. In Jesus' name, amen.